From the time we are born, we are placed in a bubble. It may be a result of where we are born, the people we are around, or the information we are given. Our mission here on the Sports is a Job podcast is to pop the bubble and help everyone realize they control their own path. We will interview people working in sports to share their story and provide our take on sport industry topics. Hosted by Colby Castillo and Olivia Poutine. Welcome to the Sports is a Job podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Sports is a Job podcast. My name is Colby Castillo. I am usually one half of the podcast, and our other co-host, Olivia, could not make it today. It is her birthday, so happy birthday to her. But I have a special guest for everybody out there whose journey, you know, is very, very interesting. And, and her journey is the reason why we're doing everything we're doing with Sports is a Job. So I don't want to waste no time. Let me introduce Sana Koyonin to the Sports is Job podcast. How are we doing today? Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we're doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. And I know before we were talking, you know, we were talking about everything going on and the restart of your blog and things like that. So tell me about that blog and, and what it's about and, and what, you know, what you want to get out of it. Yeah. So I started um, writing. Well, I have always loved writing. Let's start with that. And then um, I got a chance to play professional volleyball. And once I signed up for a term, uh, team in Germany, and I decided like, well, this blog could be a like, good way of telling my story to people and what's going on and how the professional life really is. And that's how I started writing. And since then, it has been kind of like on and off process. Like sometimes I'm a little bit busier and I cannot keep up with it. And then I tried also writing in both languages, in English and Finnish. Like Finnish is my native language. And obviously, I'm a lot better like using that language also in writing. Um, but then now when Corona hit and there seriously not a lot of stuff to do, I decided like, this is the time to expand again with the blog and get it rolling because I love writing and there's lots of stuff that I want to say. And that's just kind of like my media to reach out to people. Yeah. And you mentioned a couple of things already right there. Um, and I think it's important to everybody to explain everybody kind of your backstory and your journey to where you are today, because you know, they probably heard, they probably heard me pronounce your name and then they were like, he probably screwed up and that's super foreign. <laughs> but also you mentioned you speak uh, two languages there and you're, you're a volleyball player. So take us back, you know, way back, you know, where did you grow up and, then, and how was it for you growing up and how that really helped, I guess, lead to the person you are today? Oh, that's a, that's a long question, a long answer. Um, I'm, trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to keep it kind of short. Um, so I am from Finland, a city called, it's not even a city, it's a village called Pihtipudas. It's in the middle of Finland, in the middle of woods. There's only like less than 5,000 people living in there. And that's where I'm from. And that's where I started playing volleyball from like very, very early age. My, both of my parents were also coaching volleyball. So that's, that's how I got into the sport. And yeah, I have been playing. So since like I was four or something. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. So that's it. Like, that's where I'm from. And from, from there on, I moved to like around Finland for school and for volleyball Volleyball was always in the picture and then later on it came more serious or became more serious when I got an offer from Germany to go play there and which was absolutely like that blew my mind I never thought never thought that I could be a professional volleyballer you know like I was just like playing because it was fun it was like something that I really wanted to do good at be good at but I that was like one of those secret dreams like oh I wish it would be possible someday but it was never something that I would even say out loud to anybody. And then this one coach reached out to me and that's how I got more to like 
getting more and more serious about yeah. volleyball. What's yeah, that? So that What's that experience like? I mean, what's that experience being a professional volleyball player? Because, I mean, not many people can say or even tell people they were, they were a professional volleyball player. Yeah, I know. I, I have been so grateful to, like, to being given that chance. I loved it. It's very consuming. You know, like you're away from your family, you're away from everybody because I was living in different countries usually and it's tough if you don't connect with the people that you're playing with or with your coach or something like that um, but at the same time I was always the one who just loved to practice so you know like having that day when you realize again like oh I get money for this <laughs> like what could be better and those like I I loved it um, but then also suffered a lot of injuries and that's the very big downside also for the professional sports that um will definitely hinder you a little bit and will be mentally tough, like in the long term. Yeah. And you mentioned something about how that injuries kind of led you down the path you are today. So, I mean, what was that, that transition? Um, for me, I was a former D2 student athlete, not at the ped, you know, the pedicure you were at um, mm -hmm. and going through three different injuries and ending my career early because of injuries. I mean, yeah. that was such a huge deal, just not physically, but more so mentally, like it, it was so, so, so draining mentally, like that whole yeah. process. But I, I came out the other side a lot tougher and you learn certain things and certain experiences, how to deal with adversity, you know, being broke down to the ground and then having to build yourself back up. So I want, I want insight into that. What was that transition and process like for you? It was, it was horrible, horrible time. So, you know, I was, um, I had been practicing a lot with the national team and we just got to the European championships, um, the past summer. And that was like the dream for the first time in 30, 30 years, Finland made it to that tournament. And I was part of that team. I was in co-captain in that team. Absolutely loved it. Like the biggest goal in my life so far. And I was just like going full for it. And then, so national team happens always during the summer. And then during the winter you play overseas or like from here overseas and in Europe, just like around Europe. Um, so that year I went to play for, in France and for some reason, um, like from some unknown reason, I call it like a winning a shit lottery. Um, I got a bacterial infection in my ankle and heel and Achilles tendon in early December. And so it was an emergency surgery right away. Um, and it was just surgery after a surgery. I got four surgeries in total and just never got back to sports you know like I still cannot squat so that was basically it and mentally it was hard like you one day you're a professional athlete you know like you do you practice five hours a day or something you get money for doing that then the next day when the surgery came or like I had to go to the surgery and uh, realizing like something is not okay. And I was just getting lots of morphine under my tongue so I could handle the pain that I was in my leg. They actually had to carve out some bone tissue as well from the ankle so that I wouldn't like lose any more stuff in my leg. And it was just something that you cannot really imagine how it feels to be like, like going through that transition in one night, you know, and the next day you, you will not be able to walk. You will not be able to do anything. That's okay. You know, like for one day, it's fine. And then maybe like after five days, I was like, oh man, like I really haven't worked out for five days now. This must be the longest break ever I have had. Mm -hmm. um, 
I am so glad that I did not know anything about like what was coming up because after two weeks I was like oh two weeks now I was like super anxious about it like it's gonna take so long time before I build up my muscles and stuff like that um but it actually took four and a half months before I was able to like use my both legs and started um practicing how to walk again and that kind of stuff so took a lot longer um but at the same time that kind of experience I'm happy that I had done so much like mental practicing before like mental training because then at some point if that would have been my first injury like let's say when I was like 25 or something I probably would have like dove a lot deeper Mm. and stayed in that deep state for a lot longer um so that whole experience definitely made me realize like I found a space where I can also be happy without sports and that was probably the biggest takeaway I can take from that and I'm seriously very grateful that I have that mindset now like now I'm moving again and like doing stuff because I just love sports Um, you cannot take that away from me but at the same time realizing like sports is just it really is just one part of life Mm. And that's, that's super deep that you talked about this and this process you went through because you can relate to it. And I think any student athlete right now, they know the end is near. They know the end is coming. Mm-hmm. But dealing with that, when it finally comes, is a whole different situation. So what is your advice to the, the, those athletes that are, are going through major injuries or are near the end of their career and they're about to go through this battle, right, this battle? of dealing with this transition of no longer being an athlete and having these sports, how do they dig themselves out of that deep state of darkness? Training your mind. I think that's, that's where it all is because, you know, injury is physical, but you suffer from it mainly mentally. It's only like those physical pains are kind of leading phases where you really feel the pain and that's only you can focus. But most of the time, we're just causing the pain to ourselves by thinking about the future, like how it's gonna be when I go it, like, or I like I don't want to be done with it, or what is gonna happen if I don't make it to that tournament or to that team, or I will I'm gonna get fat if I don't move. Like it's it can range from like very different things, but the only thing that like really helps us to get not only thing but like the main thing that um, do help us like get grounded again is to get back to that present moment where you realize like right now how do i feel is there anything wrong with this this moment and usually you realize no this moment is i'm fine you know like i'm sitting here talking with you but if i let my mind run i might be thinking about something that is going to happen in the future. And that thought is making me anxious. That thought is going to lead me to feel more sad or anger or disappointment, whatever it is. Or if it's something that happened in the past, same thing. Like you're not like focused on what's right now in your body and how do you feel and how do you just connect with this moment, but you are kind of like led by the past and the thoughts of the future. Yeah. So it's yeah. okay to go between those. Like, you know, like you cannot absolutely like only control your, like control your mind all the time. That's absolutely normal to go like back and forth with those thoughts and like just note them that they're there. But like it's a different thing to like give them the power to determine your state of mind right now. And just like having those thoughts and kind of acknowledge them mm-hmm. and then we'll move back to like, okay, this moment. 
what's wrong with this one? Um, nothing. I still have food and, you know, like everything is good right now. Mm. And I relate to that, you know, fully because again, like you were saying, I talked about fear a couple of days ago about how one of those things in going through this entrepreneur journey, fear is always there. Mm-hmm. And as human beings, we, we want stability. We want to be able to know we can pay the bills next week. We want to be able to know that we, we can put food on the table. And when we're put in certain situations that cause instability or causes us to fear, it gets very, very scary. Yeah. And I've tried to eliminate that from my life, but it's not, you know, I kept noticing that it kept coming back. It was always there. And like how you were saying, you know, the, the thoughts of the future, thoughts of the present, they're going to be there. So acknowledging that they're going to be there is very important because when you acknowledge that, like you said, you can figure out how to view it. You can control what they do to you. You have the power. And I, that's, yeah. that's super, super important for everybody to hear especially right now. I think sometimes we get caught up in the future and trying to achieve certain goals. And we say, wow, we're so far away from that. And it causes us, you know, to really start thinking bad or thinking negative. But it's like, Mm -hmm. no, think about the now. Think about how you went from 2008 to 2020, that progress that you made. And I think it's important for everybody here. Now I want to talk about the we talked a little bit about it and I think it's a useful thing for everybody out there to, to look at and check out is the sports capacity assessment. So if you could just explain to everybody listening, what exactly that is. Yeah. So that's, Oh, I love it. Good topic. (laughs) Good topic choice. (laughs) So then when I got injured, um, I realized like, okay, my legs are not working. My body is not working. I am all the time in the bed. Um, but I, my brains are working and I, desperately need something to do like with my passion and persistency and everything like that I used something that I need to pour them into something to be productive and feel productive in this world and so um, there was a CEO from extended disc company like who's doing behavior assessments globally who did also um, personality testings for us in international team and I got to know him uh, like years ago and then I just emailed him at like as one of my contacts like hey I think like we came along very well and if you have anything to give to me like give me an excel file file or something that I can help you with and like um, to give me something to do when I when I'm injured and cannot do anything but I can devote all my time to you and all my energy and everything like I don't even expect it to be paid you know like I was just like give me just anything and he told me like well he has this a really good project that he has been like dreaming, dreaming about executing it, but it has been just like one of those things that he just doesn't get it it done by himself because he's so busy, like running this global company. And um, with my master's of social sciences in sport, um, he said like, you're going to be a really good fit for this. So let's just start working. And so we created together this um, tool to test athletes competencies and how they're using it. Kind of like what is their capacity in sports? And the main reason why that was born is like, so we usually have these personality classifications or categories that um, how people think that we are or how we think as we are. But then there are so many other like variables, variables that how we do things. And he started listing those up when he was, um, so he was traveling with national teams in basketball and volleyball for a while, for years, and then that's when he like figured out like athletes are doing di- things very differently, but many of them are still 
doing things very successfully. So then he just started like categorizing these little things and just putting these people like it, he didn't have a category and a theory and then started putting people in those. It went the other way around. So he was observing people and athletes and how do they do things like, are you the one, for example, who always comes to the gym like super early? You're the first one there and the last one who leaves. Or if there's somebody who's like never going to be kind of excited or um, looking a little bit lazy until we start like keeping score. That's when somebody's going to fired up. Um, so then um, we started creating those together and now we have a tool to test like how people are using these 18 competencies and it's, um, it's mind-blowing how good had it, like the feedback has been because we really want to like just emphasize the point that every athlete is unique and your path is going to be unique and there's no certain like steps that you need to take in order to like get to the top but you have your own personality characteristics and then how you use those and how you can really exploit the best out of those your own personality traits that's how you get to the top mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so that's a tool to help with that and also just making the coach athlete relationship a little bit better and the communication between the athletes and coaches yeah, and I think you could take that not even just in the athletic world, but I think a lot of times when when a athlete goes from sport to having to get a full time job in the in the in the industry like the corporate world, they're thinking, well, I've been an athlete my whole life. I don't have job experience. Like all I have done was practice, work out, things like that. But I I see in this test you're talking about the certain personalities, certain traits that you're doing, like coming to practice first and leaving last. Well, yeah. you can take that thing and you can communicate that to an employer because your experiences, what you learn, those traits, um, what made you successful as an athlete can make you successful in the corporate world. So now for someone that takes this, after they take the test, what do they get? Do they just get a whole page of results? I mean, does it go in depth? What do they get after they take the test? Yeah, so um, they do take the test. And absolutely, that's the way, like, like you said, like, if you have these certain traits, it's not like they're only in sports. So the viewpoint here is like sports is just amazing platform to express yourself and like reveal your characteristics and then test those. But it does like, and that means like, you know what you're good at and how do you do things? And that's when you can take those skills back to working life, back to other life, whatever it is. Like we cannot like think that we just separate the sports you from let's say home you mm-hmm. like the better you like of course you can make a little bit of distinguish there but not as the way like I, we don't think that you get the best out of your potential if you have to take something else in the sports world that you actually really are and that's the point of it um so then when the athlete takes a test he will get the result he or she will get the results and that's going to be like almost 40 pages of customized mm-hmm. information about yourself and how to like approach these competencies so it's a lot of material and that's the point you know like there's tons of questions if you go through them with yourself you're gonna get better there's no way you can just like suck at it you know and there's no like good or bad results it's just about you and how you are using it and then um uh, athletes can also book the individual kind of like coaching session with me um which i highly recommend if that's uh, something that you have time for because that's when you get more out of it, when you have to like phrase your thoughts into like sentences 
and like experience like all share your experiences but yeah that's it like that's kind of like when you take the test that's just the first part the second part is just reflecting and third part is getting to the work then that's when you start like testing this stuff like how do you really do with this kind of environment and with the tips that we for example one of the reports gave gave and then how you transfer that into your life that's, that's, that's long that's very long 40 pages that's very detailed and i think that's that's very i mean 40 pages long is a lot of information that's almost a whole book and that's like you were saying i mean it's detailed in that way and also you know the test is just one part of it it's figuring mm -hmm. out how to use that information and apply it now i, I this resource is great this resource i want to make it people now that you mentioned it well where can people you know is this available to everyone where can people find a resource Absolutely. So it's available to anybody and it really can apply to like different level athletes. You don't have to be a top level, like professional level athlete. It's also like we have tested like 15 year olds, which is great when you're young, like having some kind of like clarity why you're doing things the way you are is helping. Like, for example, one of some of the teenagers when they're still trying to figure out themselves like a lot more than we are at 30, you know. So I feel like it has helped like very different kinds of athletes in different levels, also individual sports, team sports, and um, young or older athletes. Um, and what was your question again? Where they can uh, find it? Yeah, where can they find it? Yeah, so then I have my own website where it's right now um, offered at. It's, I don't know if that makes any sense to say my name because nobody really knows how to write it, but yes, anakolinen.com slash sports capacity assessment. And her name is spelled S-A-A-N-A-K-O-L-J-O-N-E-N. So if you guys, you know, this is one of those things that I, I think it can be great for anybody, like she said, no matter what level you are, D1, D2, D3, semi-pro, professional, high school, I think this is a resource anybody can use. Now, for everybody listening, Sana, can you just tell them, you know, because you have a lot of experiences and things that you went through, and I think a lot of people will want to reach out to you after this episode. Where can they contact you and where can they find you on social media? You mentioned your website, but I definitely want to plug your social media in there. Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram just by my name, Sana Kolinen, or the, I think my actual the username is Sama Kolgi. So having S-A-M-A-K-O-L-J. And then you can also find me on Twitter and Facebook by my name. Well, everybody out there, that's how you find her. And I know maybe it's a little difficult. So we will put her username and everything in the episode description. And everybody listening, again, I thank you. And like we always say on the podcast, we are all on our own individual journeys, but you are not alone. 